1: Cody, Steve Rosenblum with you, Saturday Suckage, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 to score. We suck so you don't have to. Despite our vow, our, our mission statement, our mantra, we uh, frequently bring on Nancy Armour, USA Today columnist. We've had her on to discuss her evisceration of Daniel Snyder and the sick, abusive culture of the racist Washington football franchise. Um... We could have her on to talk about Title lines Giving Women Equality, a terrific package put together by her newspaper, USA Today. And she does own USA Today. It is her newspaper. But most importantly, we needed to bring Nancy back to the show to discuss her suggestion for the name of the St. Louis Expansion soccer team, Trash Pandas. Yes. That got our attention. This show is all about suckage, trash pandas, and moms. Nancy joins us on the Alpamani Ford Hotline, Alpamani Ford in Melrose Park. Nancy, welcome. And what prompted your wonderful nickname suggestion that is so dear to our hearts?
2: Well, first of all, hi guys. Um, <laughs> so I saw a tweet from St. Louis's new soccer team as it was about to unveil its, its new nickname. And it it mentioned the fact that it said something like, We're really sorry we couldn't do trash pandas. And I was like, How could you not do trash pandas? That is the best nickname ever. I mean, I love raccoons to begin with, and then I love their nickname of being trash pandas even more. Um, And one of my followers pointed out that, Oh, no, there is already a trash pandas team. It's a minor league uh, team affiliate with the uh, Los Angeles Angels, which I did not know. So I immediately went on their website, and they had a t shirt that says, Uh, 2020 is trash with the Trash Pandas logo. And I was like, okay, fine, take all of my money. I want, you know, a dozen of
1: (laughs) them. That That is
3: fantastic.
1: We are rocket, (laughs) our Rocket City Trash Pandas is what started our Trash Panda love because it was when minor leagues got canceled. That was a team we brought up on the air. And, have, and just because the name was wonderful, the, the logo of the, the flying raccoon in a shield and like a superhero, and we loved that whole thing. And then we found out that our producer, our regular producer, Adam Studzinski, who's not here, unfortunately, he actually is all about trash pandas. His, he's from out in like the edge of nowhere, where Alice and Shooter still live, his dad, Shooter. He stands in the house, opens a window and shoots at trash pandas cuz they had a trash panda problem. So he was No. Bull-
3: <laughs> yes, I'm with you, Nancy. I'm with you. I am with you. I was like, "Come on."
2: I want one as a pet. Growing up, we knew a family that had a trash panda as a pet. I'm like, "I want one." <laughs>
3: They're really? kind of they're they... kind of badasses actually. I mean, like if you put one of those as your as your mask, I mean, we we have badgers as mascots. Why not a raccoon? They're mysterious, they're interesting, they're pretty. They've got masks on. I mean, they're badasses.
2: Yeah, I would agree. And they're bad.
1: Yes. Okay, we're we're talking with we're talking with Nancy Armour, USA Today columnist, and we're talking trash pandas because that's what Saturday suckage is all about. We love you for that, Nancy, and we, we appreciate your love for trash pandas. Let me ask I am, you your Yeah, I'm sorry? I was just gonna say I am now a
2: card-carrying
1: fan. Excellent, we are too. Join the club. We have let's let's take a look at speaking of woodland varmints. I described earlier baseball, MLB playing a game of whack-a-mole trying to figure out how to pull this season, to get this season to the end. I was often of a belief that every sport would start, but none of them would finish. Uh, I think the NBA and NHL are going to prove me wrong. It's easier in the playoffs when you can actually do a bubble. That's why the NCAA is looking at it, but baseball and then football are looking at full regular seasons and and far-flung situations let's talk about baseball have they done what they could do you how do you see this playing out mark and i don't aren't sure where this ends uh, and it's sort of unfair if the we we love what the cubs are doing you always want to root for the the best story in your hometown and that's what we're rooting for how do you see this playing out i,
2: I just i i'm with you i don't think that they end the season i i you know there were, We've had the debacle with the Cardinals um, that they're finally starting to play after, what, six weeks now? That's an exaggeration, but it's not far off. Um, And yet now we have the Reds that they've had a player test positive and their series this weekend is canceled. Um, So it's just I I think you put it perfectly, whack-a-mole. When you've got guys, you know, I, I don't care how careful you're being if you're out in areas where there is community spread, and that's pretty much everywhere except in a bubble, you're going to have people test positive. And when you've got close quarters, which you do in clubhouses and locker rooms, you're going to have spread. I mean, it's just, it's inevitable. And I think MLB, you know, put up a good, is making a good effort, but I, I just think it's not realistic. And I think they're seeing that now.
3: Nancy, you said you don't think they're going to finish the season. Don't you think, though, that we're well past the point where they would have canceled the season if they were going to?
2: No, I think that they'll go as long as Manfred thinks that he can because they want the money. Uh, they want the TV money. And they're hoping that they can limp into the playoffs which to bring them even more money. So I think they'll they'll keep it going as long as they can. But I think if they have another situation – like a cardinals where they're not playing for you know one week two weeks then i think that they're going to have to give up the ghost
1: nancy armor is our guest columnist for usa today we're talking sports and trash pandas here so given what baseball is going through and it's not even a it's not a sport where you have five players a minimum of five players on each side of the ball crashing into each other immediately And then who knows what happens when the ball is run or or passed or whatever happens later on in the play. How do you imagine football doing this when we see colleges reporting major outbreaks of teams that are already together?
2: I I think it's going to be tough. Um, I think the NFL has probably a little better chance because they can build quasi-bubbles, you know, basically – tell their guys you come here you go home and that's it mm. um and they're flying you know charters and and you know they can contain things a little better um I, but I, I you know i still think it's problematic I, I, you get you you get one infected person asymptomatic person even and all of a sudden if you've got an outbreak it, you know it's it's hard to contain this unless you are in a bubble
3: uh, just to update everybody, the, the the St. Louis Cardinals are up and running. They are playing a baseball game right before my very eyes for the first time since July 29th. Lucas Giolito uh, facing Colton Wong. Nobody has tested positive in this game as of yet. But I will continue to monitor that particular situation. Uh, Nancy, if I may, wh- what about... Football for the first time, I will be allowed to, um, and several other reporters will be allowed to actually go to a training camp um, this Monday. That reporters are being allowed on the grounds at Hallis Hall in Lake Forest. Uh, do you have an early opinion on what uh, football is going to look like this year if they can make it through a 16-game schedule?
2: I, uh, I, I. I would love to see them make it through a 16-game schedule. I don't – and I hope that they prove me wrong, but I don't think it happens. Um, I just think this virus is too contagious. And, uh, you know, we're we're seeing the NBA and NHL. We saw MLS and NWSL do it in a bubble, but that's not realistic with football. Um, I, I just think it makes it really tough to be able to play a full schedule. Like I said, I hope I'm wrong. Um, but, you know, and the other thing that you got to look out for is what we're now seeing or what what researchers are now finding about heart disease and in, in people who have had COVID, even cases that weren't serious. Um, that's something that anybody who's running a sports organization, sports league, sports conference is going to have to consider. And I think that was a big factor in, in what you saw the big in the Pac-12 do this week.
1: Yeah talking with Nancy Armor, USA Today. She writes columns, she does a terrific job. And I and I have a question about the this is no time to screw around. And yet the NFL is known to screw around with medical things. The NHL, uh, the NFL will has its own idea of when you're hurt and when you're injured and when it thinks you should play. And the NFL refused to admit that the game itself causes brain damage they they fire they'll find whatever kind of quack they can to gin up any kind of study that shows no it's not football doesn't cause cte look we have proof here by this one guy who was an accountant last week and before that he was selling <laughs> shoes at floor Shine. so if you're an nfl player wouldn't you have serious reservations about believing anything the league was overseeing and this would include teams because The league is the teams. I I would, if I'm a player, given the NFL's history of playing with any kind of medical information, I would do it, I'd start with being Eddie Goldman. You know what, I'm in the middle of everything, I'm leaving. And whether he said he doesn't trust the NFL or not, I wouldn't trust the NFL with medical information.
2: Well, and I think, don't get me wrong, yeah, the NFL has not a great history to put it mildly um i do think the guy who's running their their medical operations now alan Phils, is, is better um but yeah and we're seeing this with guys who are already opting out you know we're seeing nhl players who are opting out midway through their tournament and that's again in a bubble but i think all of these athletes are looking at this going there are so many things that they don't know and can they protect me can i protect myself and the answer to that is no. I mean, you can't do it fully. You can, it doesn't matter the measures. You can take all of the precautions in the world and, you know, hopefully they are going to do that. But there's n- there are no guarantees in this. And what we don't know about the virus and it is, that to me is the, is the most um, scary thing is that the stuff that we know is already terrifying. The stuff that we don't know I mean, what else is out there? And that's those are questions that everybody needs to be asking themselves.
3: Well, and, and you you mentioned uh, college football before we talked about the NFL. And they, it seems to me the Big Ten did the, the right thing and being preemptive about it and thinking that they're going to postpone. We're, A, were you surprised by that? And B, what's going to happen with the other big conferences? The South, I should say.
2: No, I wasn't surprised by it. Um, and, and particularly once, these studies came out starting to show the, the the connection with heart disease. I mean, that that's something you cannot mess around with. And the fact that you had, what, a dozen Big Ten players alone? I mean, yeah, if you're talking, what is it, 13 teams or whatever it was, it is a small percentage, but you cannot mess around with the life and the long-term health of a 19-, 20-, 21-year-old, 22-year-old. Um, I, I think the the other conferences are, are – you know, hoping and praying, crossing every finger and toe that they have that they can play, I don't think it's going to happen. Um, I, I think the – again, I, I think they're taking too big a risk. Um, and, you know, the testing, they're all saying, oh, you know, our players are being responsible. That's fine. But these guys are on campuses. And and how many cases did Notre Dame have after kids have been back for, what, four days, five days? You know, <laughs> yeah, these are yeah, college – I mean, yeah. come on, these are college campuses, and kids are going to be kids, so you can have players doing the best thing possible, and when they're going to class or, or being surrounded on campus by somebody who's been out, you know, boozing at their buddy's place for the last three days with, you know, a 100 of their closest friends, you're going to have issues.
1: <laughs> I think college kids are... Players are in the worst position because you're surrounded by college friends of college age and football coaches who don't care about you because they got the next man up mentality. And that's still a story to be played out. Nancy, here's the deal. When we're allowed to be with other human beings again, we're all going to get together with our, our Trash Panda t-shirts and take a picture and just to prove that, we'll, 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 that we could get together and that we are Trash Panda Nation. That, for that sounds
2: Fantastic.
1: And we have a
3: texter, Nancy, saying, tell Nancy I said thanks for the new
1: fantasy football team name. There you go. <laughs> Nancy Armour's Trash Pandas. I think that's the way you ought to go. There yeah, you thanks, go. <laughs> thanks for your time. Appreciate it.
2: You guys hang in there.
1: All right. Bye, Nancy. Too. Nancy Armour, USA Today. Uh, trash Pandas and sports and like that. I, we have to get our Trash Panda. Um, but as radio whores, we have to get Trash Panda T-shirts free, Mark. We need to. Surge towards that we need to and I'm sure the rocket city trash pandas will accommodate us because because they know we love them So I haven't bought a t-shirt break,
3: since about the year 2000,
1: so. right? You shouldn't have to you have radio station t-shirts and other freebies mm-hmm. So exactly. we taught you you we tweeted about this before and I'm intrigued and now we're gonna do this before the show You said that Foles Trubisky is not the number one competition in town When we come back, you're going to tell us what is. Yes, sir. He's Mark Grody. I'm Steve Rosen. We are Saturday Suckage. We suck so you don't have to. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score.
0: Like your sports page in the morning, Molly and Hall are first to let you know what happened with your favorite Chicago team last night. Good morning
1: to the engineers the greatest show in radio history. I'm here to wow
0: you. Molly and Hall, first and best, mornings 5 to 9. I am here for you. On 670 The Score, Chicago's number one sports station. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago sports station. We're fired up. We're fired up about this <laughs>
1: Yeah, we are. We're fired up about this. Mark Grody is going to be on the hallowed grounds of Hallis Hall Monday. Bears are practicing. There's actual football practice going on, actual football media looking on, not zooming, just real life. This baseball note. By the way, you've got the score, Saturday suckage. Normally we're on until 2 o'clock, but not today. We'll be off at one15 because the Cubs pregame show will be here. The Cubs have moved their game from this evening to 2.20 this afternoon because of rainstorms coming. Well, it's one of the advantages of not having fans. You don't need to worry about ticket buyers showing up. So they don't want to cancel the game. They want to get it in. It'll start at 2.20. Colin Ray against Hauser. I assume that's Jerry Hauser, the guy who played Killer Carlson in Slapshot. And I'm sure. your, leadoff hitter, your leadoff hitter for the Cubs is Chris Bryant. Luke, wow! Back, back, back. Bryant's back, back, bro. So, so David say, Ross that... does
3: use uh, does use a Joe Madden trick or two. He's not all different from Joe Madden.
1: No, I think he's. I think all David Ross had the advantage of playing for a lot of good, and and probably not so good managers. He's managed to take the good from the good and figured out the opposite of what he didn't like about the others. But he learned stuff and. Um, the Cincinnati part was really important, but I, he certainly, he certainly embraced the idea of multiple positions for as many players as possible, and just don't fool around. David Ross is playing August the way Joe Madden played August in 2015. For starters, it's the first thing we saw. We have to win today's game. That's what matters. Okay? We have to win today's inning. We have to win today's at bat, and I, I love that. I just love that. So I think you're right about the, the Maddenization, the Madden man. So, anyways, you teased us, Mark Grody. We all think the number one competition in town is Foles versus Trubisky. That you will get your first up close and personal look at Monday. But you no, know, you say no, no, no. It's You're not number one. No, then Foles please. Trubisky. Foles Trubisky is is going to be great, and it is a very
3: legitimate number two competition in town. The number one competition going on in town right now is that of the closer for the Chicago Cubs. David Ross was a little bit defensive the other day when answering questions about the closer. He kind of did it with a smile, but he said something to the effect of, what, you guys want me just to name a closer? Is that what you want? And there was sort of that uncomfortable Zoom silence which occurred. So so what's going on right now? And I've seen it. There is a competition for closer going on because we have seen now in three games, we saw Jeremy Jeffress come out and be successful. We saw Rowan Wick come out and be, I quote, I put in air quotes, successful because he got the save, but he struggled in getting the save. It was not Mm -hmm. clean by any means. It's got to be it's got to be a whole lot better than that um, for Rowan Wick, for sure. And then you saw last night a third participant maybe Now it wasn't a safe situation for Craig Kimbrell last night the Cubs were down one run when they to me somewhat surprisingly David Ross put Craig Kimbrell into the game but to me that may have connoted that he was entering the fray so they can have they can do this because the Cubs are five and a half up. In the division, in a season which only has 45 minutes left, they are firmly in the driver's seat for at least one playoff position and probably the top spot in the division for sure. So, that's I'm convinced that that is what's going on. That, you, that the best candidate will win, and you have the luxury of holding this competition right now. So I think that's what's going down. By the way, BTW, what a horrid first inning for Lucas Giolito. He gave up four runs to the St. Louis Cardinals who haven't played a game since July 29th, including walking in, or not walking in a guy, bases loaded, hit a guy. Did oh. Lucas Giolito. And then just got nickel and dimed to death. Dexter Fowler with a two-run hit. Just a lot of hard-hit balls. Eloy Jimenez made a play up against the net, literally looking away. And catching against the, baseball. the net again? There against you go. The There's net. the number one
1: competition. Eloy against the net
3: again. <laughs> Eloy versus net. comes closer or Trubisky
1: v. Foles. Pick. Doesn't that sound like a child's book? Eloy versus the net <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. It does. So, so a team that hasn't played in, in three weeks is has just demolished a Cy Young candidate.
3: Yes. I mean, and did it legitimately. They were patient at the plate. Walk, he walked the first bat. He, he walked Colton Wong to start the game. I mean, no, and I don't know. Maybe don't the plan was, maybe the Don Cooper plan was Cardinals haven't played since July 29th. Just go out there and throw strikes, pal. You'll be fine. And um, he did that. So and what he would have been a good
1: plan instead of walking somebody? Yeah, yeah. Probably. Probably oh Steve. God. Oh, that's yeah. a... so so it's bad let me ask you, getting back to your point, and I find it that that you all the points you make about the closers or the situation, the dynamics that go into this, with the lead, which you rightly call a luxury, a luxury for now, the the uh, the Cubs play the Brewers and they do this afternoon, so let's say around five o'clock and their shadows and Wrigley is being Wrigley and the the, I don't know. Do they still have Seagulls? Do they come? You know, that's when a good people... question. They
3: don't. They don't, actually. There's no food, I think right? Cause they don't right, have... there's
1: no food. All right. So, so it's the ninth inning. The Cubs have a one-run lead. Who do you think he goes to?
3: I think it's back to Jeffress today. It's Jeffress. You don't
1: think it would be Kimbrel after try, trying to, to run some momentum there of a guy with two strikeouts, a walk. He got six swinging strikes. He, he had... He had what they, close to what they were looking for, and he had that luxury of, okay, if we blow this, we blow this. You don't think he plays that card?
3: Not against Milwaukee, because I think Milwaukee is the only team, because of their bullpen, oh. that has a chance to compete with the Cubs. And if, if Milwaukee beats the Cubs today, they would be within four and a half. And I get it. That's still quite a large margin, but you know, the, they, they are the team. I don't think there's another team that in my opinion right now, I, I said it differently before the season, I picked Cincinnati to win, but to me, it, it's the brew. I don't think the Brewers are great, but I think they're the next best team in the division to the Cubs right now.
1: Yeah. And the reds, by the way, you bring up the reds. Reds are supposed to play the pirates today. That game was canceled. Tomorrow's game was canceled. The reds player tested positive for COVID-19. So when we talked with Nancy Armour earlier, we were just talking about baseball managing this whack-a-mole mentality of canceling games here, canceling games there, doing everything they can to, to, not ride off the rails completely and get to a, a postseason. And they, they're dealing with a team today. The Cardinals returned 41 men, 41 cars, all at um, <clears throat> Highway 55, and and they're they're. They're there. They're beating up Lucas Giolito. Boy, how, how depressing is that? So, this is, this is the first Chicago's first look at the seven inning doubleheaders, right? That's yes, it. Play. Yeah. And, two, so, this two is games today's of... two times seven.
3: Yeah, two times seven. There it is. And Adam Heehaw Wainwright pitching for the Cardinals and just for the hell of Wait, it. Wait, Heehaw? haw you know, Wainwright from uh, It's a Wonderful Life. Sam Wainwright. Don't you remember Sam uh, Wayne?
1: Right. I, I, I no, I didn't no,
3: I, I, <laughs> I guess I'm the old right, one on the
1: show. I, yeah, I got but holy Oh my god. Hee-haw,
3: Sam yeah. Wayne old Sam Wainwright. Look at him. Yeah, there he is. Old Sam,
1: old Sam, yeah, that's no. He's on the
3: ground floor of plastics right there. I I
1: I don't care.
3: Got idea. Yeah, Lou I and Lou and George Bailey are the same,
1: yes. They are the same, yeah. Lou is yeah. always This is a very energy. interesting situation. There you go. See, when I think of Wainwright, I think I wanna make the comparison with Rowan Wick, because Wainwright was a guy that had just all right, he's a kid, so what? We're gonna let him close a World Series for us. And then the, and that that kind of moxie poise, the cold bloodedness, that's what I I I wanna see in Rowan Wick. I have seen it at times. I wanna see more of it. I thought last year he he's kind of got it. But I do think that the idea I think going back to your David Ross not wanting to name a closer and just, I'm going to throw, I'm, the guy who's pitching is the guy who's pitching at that moment. That's the way it's going to go. I think there's some, maybe he knows his players better than we do emotionally and mentally of handling that because we know there's a difference between getting the last three outs and getting the three outs before that. And we know that guys put pressure on themselves. They react differently when they're in that role and they know it ahead of time. And maybe he knows his guys enough to shut up about that and just say, you pitch when I need to. And Rowan Wick yeah. is a guy growing into that.
3: And it's it's interesting you brought that up because I wondered that about Rowan Wick. Because Wick was excellent last year in the seventh and eighth innings. And I think he might have gotten in the ninth a couple of times. I'd have to go back and look. And so, of course, the natural thought is, for me, was, okay, yeah, Wick, Wick can do this. He can be a closer. but. Then I think back to and I always use this example and I'm sure there are other examples and maybe even better examples, but I always go back to the LaTroy Hawkins example. Yep. When the Cubs signed Hawkins, they signed him and he was known for being an excellent, an excellent, one of the best eighth inning, high leverage guys in baseball. And they made him into a closer and he basically got booed out of town. And sometimes sometimes you are fit for the for the the high wire act of the eighth inning. But not for the the ninth inning higher wire act. And that might be the case with with Rowan Wick. I do think Jeff I I could tell Jeffers has that mentality. There's no doubt about it. And we know, despite the lack of success with the Cubs, that Kimbrell has the mentality. It just it's not I don't think there's anything in his head. I just something's not working with the pitching on the mound for, for Kimbrell at this point.
1: Yeah, but it did yesterday and that's why and and David David Ross strikes me as a guy who wants to seize on something good. Uh, the 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 value of balancing statistics, numbers, situations. I mean, his reason for using Josh Fegley over Jason Kipnis against Hater yesterday was, well, he's hit four seamers hard. We've seen him. We we know he can do that. That's in his history, and you know he looked at the numbers. And in your heart maybe you go with something else, maybe you have a pulse your pulse on the your finger on the team's pulse and you 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 have a different view of I just you go with your gut and and that's the balance of of managing that team that moment right there. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna trust him and I I wanna see the Cubs in a safe situation today just to see what happens and see what the reasoning is. It could be have, have nothing to do with wanting to get Kimbrell back. It it could be simply a matter of matchups and he says Rowan Wicks pitching and these guys swing planes. These, this is the guy I wanted, and Rowan Wick pays it off, but only for that moment. As opposed to now, he's my guy. I think that's going to play play into Ross's thinking a lot. If I just don't think
3: seen. you could do that once you get into the postseason. I just
1: like I think well, that's I want, a that's a roll of the dice. You know? Let's just get the next weekend. Okay. <laughs> that's all I, I want to do. Fair enough. Wanna, yeah, I just want to do that. Yeah. All right, you know what? We'll take a break. When we come back, we need to do What Are You Doing, Wagner. We have stuff. I have stuff for you. We have stuff. We have to do that. And an explanation of the mom show. we become the mom show. We had another great mom story last week. So he's Mark Grody. I'm Steve Roswell. This is Saturday Suckage and, and a segment that we love. What Are You Doing, Wagner, coming after this. Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score.
0: Start your day on The Score with Molly and Hall. Live at 5
1: for Chicago. From Chicago. They're live and
0: local. Covering the Bears, Cubs, Sox, Bulls, and Blackhawks. Molly and Hall. Delivering the sports stories that matter to Chicago. Mornings 5 to 9. Only on Sports Radio 670 The Score. A radio.com sports station. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score. And 670TheScore.com. Chicago sports station.
1: Wagner our segment began when what are people doing during the pandemic when they couldn't do anything they're doing more now they shouldn't be doing more now but they're doing more now and we're still doing what are you doing Wagner as we look around what people are doing during the pandemic and one thing Mark Grody is doing is a podcast of let me put a list together and I have something to share about that. So, Mark, share the latest podcast.
3: Well, the latest one is we did not record one last week because of complications and uh, some creative differences between my partner and I. Yes, that's the way it's going to This is the... the <laughs> that's the verbiage. we yeah, so here's the dealio. We're doing I think we're recording tomorrow and that oh. recording of let me put a list together will be famous television and or movie automobiles. Like think Dukes of Hazard, think Night Rider, Kit, things like that. That's what I think we're going to do for our our next list and it, it happens to be the season finale It is season one's finale. And then Brian and I will go on our hiatus. We'll probably do some solo projects and things like that before we (laughs) tour again. So, and there are, there will have been 15 episodes. So I invite you to, go to let me put a list together which you could find anywhere you find your podcast and you could find it uh, on my Instagram right now if you want there's a link up there if that's the easiest way for you to do it or just Google let me put a list together we got 15 episodes up there so I believe there is something for everybody plenty of music topics TV topics Saturday night live topics um, you know and anything that I'm guessing there's something for everybody up there, so I invite you to go check that out. And real quick, real quick, before we get back to let me put a list or let me put a list together. Uh, what are you talking? What are you doing, Wagner? Um, just real quick to this texture from the 702, Mark. What are you talking about? Wick is clearly the best reliever. He might be. He might be. I just don't know if he's the best reliever in the ninth inning, as he he struggled in the ninth inning the other day. Texture. That's all I'm talking about. Steve, back to what are you doing, Wagner?
1: Well, actually, no, this is always part of what are you doing as we discuss um, many things that are going on. The, I had an idea for, maybe you can use it as a season one debut episode next next season when you two get back uh, from your individual product projects. And it was sparked by something that Christopher Kamka sent out, the Sultan of the Stat at NBC Sports. And he tweeted out, Jack Nicholson was born the day Johnny Vandermeer made his MLB debut. So Johnny Vandermeer would become the – as he was a red, and he pitch, became the only pitcher to throw back-to-back no-hitters. Mm-hmm. But then I thought, oh, my God, what a perfect topic. Best Jack Nicholson movie.
3: Oh, that is great. That is wonderful. I had to make sure that my partner, Brian Mitchell – Mitchell – that he ha- is a fan, and I'm guessing he is, because sometimes it happens. Like he'll suggest a topic, and I'll be like, "Yeah, I'm not really into that," or I'll suggest oh. a topic, and he'll be like, "Yeah, like like I, for example, I suggested, you know, we got to do like a television cop." you know, or yep. law and order type list, you know, cause there's so many like CSI and law and order and right. all these shows that are out and he's, he's not a fan of the genre. So, and that's happened with me. He suggested topics to me. Then I'm just like, yeah, I'm not really down with that. Oh, so, so that's what I mean. Sometimes there are creative differences and you know <laughs> what, what good band or podcast partnership is without some controversy and we've got it too.
1: All right, well, if you do that, I, I have, um, and I get a vote. Mine is Cuckoo's Nest, followed by Chinatown, followed by The Last Detail. And reverse order, 75. No, in that order, 75, 74, 73. He had, that's that's Wheelhouse Nich- Nicholson for me. That's my jack. I got
3: to go. Um, I, I do love the pot, the departed, for sure. Um, uh-huh. The Shining, I think, probably is right near the top for me. Mm mm-hmm. um, trying to think you know you know what else too that for me and and this is lost it, it, he's lost some momentum because of heath ledger but I still think he he was a great joker in he Batman. Was.
1: But he always looked like the Joker. He just wore the makeup. Yes. Because he's got that right. smile. Right. He there was nobody
3: more like perfect him. for that version of the Joker, right? No the question. playful Joker.
1: Yeah. Right. That was that was the gimme. He had the smile to to work with it. So um, Moving on, in what are you doing, Wegner? Uh, this Matt Chapman fellow—you know Matt Chapman from the Oakland A's, a third baseman—he was about the only guy
3: this, from the A's I know.
1: Yeah, he has a terrific ability, and and just a remarkable future, and and he's got a tremendous. I, I here's other reasons to root for him. That he he had said that. Albert Pujols gets to third and says, "Why are you always taking RBIs and runs away from me?" And Chapman's response was, "I figured you already had enough." <laughs> <laughs> Give them to somebody else, man. Yeah, you right. So here's and here's something else that he was doing that I really love the the um, you know the cutouts of the fans in in all these parks now, right? They have the cutouts that. And everybody kept referring to them as cardboard cutouts of fans. So it looks like the stands were populated. And so Matt Chapman did what anybody would want to do. Imagine, you know, you're, you're, you're eight years old and you're walking home on a dirt path and you find rocks, right? You throw them at something. At the end of infield, if he ended up with a ball or at the end of an inning, he would throw the ball at these cutouts. He started doing it. That's awesome. He, he found out they were not cardboard. He couldn't. They're pretty durable, he has to admit. He, gets, he got angry. He let one rip at a cutout, and it just ricocheted off. And he was trying to break the cutouts, and he finally was told he had to stop it because he tried to break one in left field from third base. He tried to heave it into the bleachers, and was told That's not so to. That's so good. Don't you that's love? Great. I love more it. More reasons to love him. Um, there's. I a, love
3: one thing the Cubs did in that regard. Sort of was Steven Souza Jr. playing right field. Did you see him heave one up into the rooftops? I did
1: not. I did not see that. Oh yeah. my God! That's. Does he? Does he need shoulder surgery? Does he? Does he? Is this? <laughs> skeptic? Well,
3: if he if he does when he returns, it makes for a great story. You know, I mean, so he knows all about making himself the story.
1: You know. Yes, he does. He certainly does. The, um, there's a subscription news service that covers mostly the north side of Chicago, but it's called CWB Chicago. And what it, they cover public safety, which, you know, is becoming a greater and greater importance in the Chicago area. So they, t- they tweeted this out. Quote, dispatch, colon, caller says there's a naked man in a Cubs hat Bathing in her windshield, washing fluid, and he won't leave. Ooh. Oh, that, that, that is a police dispatch description. What are you doing, Wagner? There you go. That's, <laughs> that's, that's what you're doing. So the Brewers the Brewers today, they, um, the Cubs play in the Brewers, and the Brewers have an infielder named Jed Jorko.
3: Jed I, Jerko, know, yes. Jerko, former Cardinal. Jerko,
1: Jerko, 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 Yeah, right, right. Jed Jerko. It's so, okay,
3: don't be afraid to say it. It is Jed Jerko, yes. Jerko.
1: So before Wednesday night's game against the, tw- the Twins um, in Milwaukee, the Brewers Twins in Milwaukee, Randy Jerko, who is Jed's brother, tweets out, Jed is going to pitch tonight. I can feel it. Hashtag Brew Crew. The Twins... Win the game 12-2. to So, yeah, it was a position player pitches game. And, yes, it was Jed with two Ds pitching the ninth inning. His brother called it. His brother had the premonition. Jed gives up no runs, one hit, 11 pitches, six strikes. (laughs) Jerko's brother calls it, predicts it. That is, that's the thing. I don't, having that kind of permanent, Jets going to pitch tonight. Okay, we're going to tune in, in the ninth inning to yeah. see how this game gets away from the Brewers. That's an what awful thing. What else do you Rudy. know? Yeah, right.
3: I thought that, honestly, in all seriousness, I thought that they had done away with that in, in baseball, the position player pitching. Or is that something they, they were discussing? I don't know. Maybe it was a dream I had.
1: No, they're trying to do away with pitchers. They don't let them bounce, and they won't let them pitch, and it'll okay. be—it'll just be well, coach pitch. <laughs> That's what it'll be. Right. So.
3: Right. One one inning at a time,
1: three batters, and you're out. So you said you're going to football practice on Monday—an actual football practice, actual players—and you'll be actually watching it from the sidelines, right? Because this is what—that is the plan. Yeah. So yeah.
3: right. So I just. I was part of a meeting this morning, as a matter of fact, just to talk about some of the, the protocols and the rules, and the rules for us will be similar to those of the players in terms of being as safe as as humanly possible, and um, and yeah, so they're gonna they're gonna give it a try. It's gonna be a limited amount of of media, in other words, just the the people that usually cover the team, maybe some national people as well, but they are obviously trying to keep it to a limited amount. Of people, and it will be very controlled, all in the name of COVID 19. But yeah, this will be the first time that I will and my media brethren and those who cover the Bears will be able to lay eyes on the Chicago Bears 2020 training camp. And we'll be able to, it, it, you know, for the foreseeable future, we, we will be out there at least in, in training camp, depending on what happens on a day to day basis. But um, yeah, Monday, I'll be out there. That's the plan.
1: Okay, most most teams are now holding camp at their place but years ago decades ago they also used to go somewhere else they believed in getting away from everything and just football and they'd run two a days and they would really beat up the players and they'd have them to themselves and they thought it was all about bonding and stuff but what you're we're asking to do is these grizzle low football players had to go somewhere coaches had to go somewhere else and the melding of coaches at remote locations with modern technology led to this kind of story this is from amy trask who she was the former raiders ceo hired by al davis she authored the book you negotiate like a girl so she this is in her book and, and it's so timely for this for people who have been to training camps on location with grizzled football coaches quote for teams that traditionally hold training camp at remote locations there may be some advantages to remaining at home as they will not need to create fully operational technologically efficient off-site workspaces. I still laugh when I recall at the time a very senior member of our player personnel department with the Raiders called our IT department from training camp screaming and cursing that his computer didn't work and asking how can we win, expletives omitted, when we can't even get our computers to work. The individual on the IT staff calmly responded with a series of questions asking him to describe exactly what he saw on his screen. The answer was nothing. The IT staff member asked him what happened when he pushed certain buttons. The answer was nothing. The gentleman in our IT department then asked if he had moved the computer and perhaps unplugged it when he did. In response to that question, the IT guy heard a click. The coach had moved the computer and didn't turn it on. (laughs) <laughs> oh! What are so, you doing, Wagner? That's it. That's oh. what we do here. So, um, I would like to. We'll take a break. We will come back. We'll be off at 1:15. But when we come back for the remaining segment, Mark, let's talk about what you might might not see when you go up to Hallis Hall. See it with your own eyes, not with your zoom eyes. Let's talk about some of the competition. We heard some re- from receivers, and we heard about. We heard about what the quarterbacks would do, so let's talk about that on the other side of our break. Can we do that? I'm down. All right. He's Mark Grody. I'm Steve Rosenblum. This is Saturday Suckage. You betcha. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score.
0: Breaking news on The Score is powered by Radio.com Sports and brought to you by Pennzoil, motor oils made from natural gas. The proof is in the Pennzoil.
1: Steve Rosenblum, Mark Brody, Saturday Suckage. We're broadcasting live from Hyundai Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. Score programming notes. For one thing, we're going to be off at 1.15. The Cubs pregame show will be on, and we will bring you Cubs baseball 2.20. The game was moved up from this evening to avoid the thunderstorms that might wash it out. So Cubs Brewers brought to you at 2.20 today. We pregame show at 120 right here on the score. The score is also the place Monday, 830, Molly and Ha. You will hear Arturus Karnishevis. He will be giving his first one-on-one Chicago radio interview with our guys in the morning. Tonight, after Hawks Vegas, after they decide game three of their playoff series, Grober will host a special 670 postgame show. Okay, so... Monday, the Bears go to practice. They go to practice, and Mark Grody will be there. I, this, this tweet from Jenna Lane, she covers the Bucks for ESPN. Tom Brady's always understood the physical demands of playing football at the highest level, but he didn't realize the mental energy it would take to learn a new playbook for the first time in 20 years, which prompted a retweet from former Bears quarterback Josh McCown. Finally, something I might do better than Tom. So he had. <laughs> He's had experiences with new playbooks. Where does this leave Nick Foles? Where do you, and what do you think you're going to see on Monday when the quarterbacks duel by running actual plays, Mark?
3: I think we're going to see a lot just because there's no time to waste for the team. And we do as in training camp, or I should say as not with the practices during the season, during training camp, we typically get to get to watch what we want and, you know, zero in on stuff. So, I do think that we're going to see plenty. You're going to see receivers running actual routes. I don't know there's going to be much defense involved at this point, but I think there's going to be more than there had been last week as they continue to to ramp it up. As far as you know, Foles learning the offense. I'm glad that that was brought up because of course he understands the basic elements of this offense, which has you know goes back a lot of players and a lot of coaches and the, all those coaches are there, but there is language that has to be learned. There are tendencies that have to be learned of other receivers. So I do believe that there is going to be a game of catch up being played for Nick Foles. From it, from what I hear from everybody, he's super smart and catches catches on quickly, but you know, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it, you know,
1: the, it, it brings up an interesting point. we are talking about um, the receivers and learning the receivers and, we kind of, I, I'm not sure what we're learning about Anthony Miller. We learned different different parts about him. They wanted, you know, he led the, league, led the Bears in touchdowns two seasons ago and then led in sort of underperforming last year or disappointing, not meeting the expectations. So he was talking about Nick Foles and said, you can definitely tell Nick has been playing this game for a long time and he knows this offense Very well. So that's that's good for when there's going to be a limited amount on the field. But this quote caught my eye, and maybe you can provide some context. I just want a guy who takes control and makes the right decisions when it's time for him to make it, and a guy who is a leader. Now, somebody, take that out of context, or maybe not out of context, but somebody like me could twist it and say, well, that sounds like an indictment of Mitch Trubisky, especially makes the right decisions part. Yes, no, put that into context or perspective for us.
3: Yeah, I don't think necessarily, and I understand why you'd say that, but the question was, because, yeah, like you said, I can provide this. I was on the Zoom call. The question was okay. just a very, very generic general question of what do you want in your quarterback, you know, and, and – asking that in the name of there being a quarterback competition. I, I think that that's a perfect answer. Isn't? Aren't those all the things that anybody wants in any quarterback? And I, I think that, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Miller just did a good job of answering the, a generic question. He gave a very generic answer. That's the way I saw it. Now, could you could you conceivably think that, you know, since Anthony Miller has had up-and-down success with Mitchell Trubisky, yeah, you. it's, it's possible to think that, that he would probably or maybe want to want see Foles just because, let's face it, the Mitchell Trubisky's guy in that offense, and should be, is Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson Ooh. gets the majority of the footballs and not Anthony Miller. And I've seen Anthony Miller frustrated on the sidelines in the past. It doesn't mean that he's he doesn't like Trubisky, but he probably, in the back of his mind, might be saying, hey, let's see what Foles is all about.
1: Okay, so I, I get all that, and, um, and there's certainly a bias. I love the quarterback who throws me the ball more. That's, that's certainly that's sure. the way, and I understand why a receiver would not just think it, say it. They, a lot of them do. So, so the, one of the things the, the Bears have said that I think will be a difficult thing for the media to grasp raw is what was supposed to happen. Remember when Jay Cutler, the Tribune, when Jay Cutler was was here, was training camp was, it was the Jay watching thing, and what happened was it was simply balls, you know, strikes and and balls, what he threw, what he caught, what, and those were the raw numbers. <clears throat> what, myth, what Matt Nagy really wants to see, part of his control, it seems to me, is what look are you getting? How does the quarterback get him out of the huddle? Here's the play call. Here's the huddle. Here's the read. Here's the adjustment. There's the throw. There's a lot that beyond balls and strikes that you're going to be able to see. How do you go about sussing that out to give a more accurate representation of where you think the quarterback competition is? I mean, how do we... Yeah, the media, like you're, as media. yeah, you're going to want to do it. How do you how are you going to how are you going to handle that, Mark Rody? Uh, I It's going to be really difficult. It's going to be. I mean, I,
3: like I said, we'll see more than we usually do. But are they going to put it all out there when we're watching the real, real stuff? Now, we'll get to ask. Unfortunately, I think that most of it is going to come through the questions that we ask of Matt Nagy and whomever is taking questions on quarterbacks yeah. that. We we're going to have to trust what they're saying and what they're seeing. And, you know, at this point, what I've noticed about Matt Nagy is that he's going out of his way to not tip his hand as to whom they might have a preference for. And I say that I only say that because he was asked one question about he was asked a question about Nick Foles. He was asked, "How, how does Foles look? And he turned it into Foles and Trubisky. So it was like, oh, Foles looks fine, but so does Mitchell Trubisky. Like he wouldn't answer a question just about Foles, and if he was asked a question about Trubisky, it becomes Trubisky Foles. So they're they're being as you know they're being very NFL about it at this point in terms of not wanting to give us much information. But it, it will be interesting. And I'll find out, man. I'll probably have a way better idea on how to answer that question maybe after Monday and Tuesday when we're out there watching and seeing how much we get to see. But, like I said, they, they don't have time to waste, so they're probably going to show us more than they have in the past.
1: Tom Thayer said last week on the show that he expects them to name a starting quarterback in about seven practices. Mm. And I was surprised and he, for the same reason you just mentioned is is hurry up and get there because the guy who's there has got to know and everybody else has to know as well. So I don't know how how many, let's say he said seven to nine. So, so let's say at the outside it's, it's nine because there's just such great competitors. How many padded practices are there in the first nine? You're, I know you're limited period, but it, you're allowed to schedule them when you schedule them, I think. Do you know how many padded practices there are where you can nope. have a live defense and not tell them?
3: Don't know. Don't know. Oh. I mean, they, they have not told us that. So I don't know. But, I mean, Tom's point is good. They start the season in less than a month. So yeah. you don't want to have a week's worth of game planning. You want a couple of weeks' worth of game planning, at least with your starting quarterback. So that makes sense. But, no, they have not told us how many padded practices they will have. Or are allowed to have at this, and and nothing has changed, by the way, in terms of padded practices. They because of COVID nineteen. I mean, they've had the slow ramp up, but they're allowed to have them, and it's just a matter of how many Matt Nagy decides to have, which I don't think
1: will be a lot. And I I, I it, it's not so much when you have them. I was concerned with house, uh, not not how many are allowed, but when you have them. If Tom's right, I have no reason to doubt him because it, it all makes sense, but Tom's Tom's a smart guy. So Tom Thayer says they have to know their starting quarterback in seven to nine practices. And what you're really going to judge Mitch Trubisky on is not knowing what's coming. He's not going to know what the defense is going to do, and the defense is going to be as live as possible. It has to be. If Matt Nagy doesn't have... The the live defense, unknown to the quarterback, and you're just going to be surprised. And Chuck Pagano is playing it for real. If Chuck Pagano and Matt Nagy don't play it for real, they're doing the Bears a disservice. Because the Bears can never make a true decision on who their quarterback should be. And that's where you judge it. What are the adjustments? What does the guy do under pressure? It, you you can't know that your quarterbacks know has to know he can get hit somehow or another he has to be able to get hit he has to he he has to be threatened that way because that always speeds up the clock I don't know what the Bears are going to do in that regard but the number of padded practices in the first week or first nine days will be very important for whatever Matt is going to do I would think.
3: Yeah, I agree, and they will, because Matt Nagy's already on record as having said on multiple occasions that the that they were going to have or treat the preseason more seriously in terms of playing starters longer and using that to evaluate further. So I would be shocked if they didn't apply the same to the limited amount of practices that they are going to have leading up to opening day which
1: as i said coming soon brother coming soon and coming soon as comes baseball going soon is us steve rosenlou mark roadie saturday suckage we want to thank uh ricky o'donnell of sb nation uh joining us and nancy armor usa today columnist for joining us Julio filled in for Trash Panda on a day where we talked a lot about Trash Pandas. we want to thank everyone who listened and texted, and everyone who called, which was nobody. We want to thank you for listening to Saturday Suck at Chicago Sports Radio 670 on The Score.
0: It wouldn't have been possible if we weren't here to be told how much we suck, so... Kudos to you guys for sucking as bad
1: as we do. Oh yes, wait a minute, Mr. Post. Wait, wait, wait. Oh yeah.
0: That's it. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today.